Hello, and welcome to another episode of Serendipity Girl. I'm your host, Colleen Weaver, and I'm on a quest to find and discover things that are excellent, right, pure, noble, true, and praiseworthy. And I'm so glad you've joined me today. I'm on another remote broadcast outside one of my favorite coffee shops. So you may hear the familiar sounds of a city as it begins to start another week. In fact, welcome to Easter week. For those of you who are Christians and for those of you who have grown up going to church on Palm Sunday and Easter Sunday, this is a wonderful week for Christians to celebrate. And even if you're a curious kind of person who says, well, I don't really know who this Jesus is. He sounds like a groovy dude. You know, he was all about peace and love and all that. But um, a lot of people believe a lot of things about him. But if you're curious, I would just encourage you to find out about Easter week and what we are celebrating because we have a lot to celebrate as Christians every day. But Easter week is a high and holy week starting with Palm Sunday and going to the night that Jesus met with his disciples and then he was crucified for our sins and he didn't stay dead. He rose on Sunday morning and that's why we call it Resurrection Sunday. So happy Easter week, y'all. I know those of you who may be from other countries who maybe don't celebrate Easter may be wondering, well, why do I see so many bunnies? Not real live bunnies, but in the stores, you'll see way more decorations of bunnies and Easter eggs and all of that. And my understanding is, as I said in a previous episode, that that came about uh, in the past and made its way over to America. And it started with a game where the children would go and look for eggs that some bunny, magical bunny, laid. And then eventually those eggs were plastic eggs filled with candy and chocolate. And as I saw last Saturday in my neighborhood, sometimes money. I'm like, wow, let me in on this Easter egg hunt. (laughs) Why is this just for the kids? (laughs) This is not fair. (laughs) But anyway, um, one of the wonderful recipes that I've heard about that can really help us kind of stay centered on the real reason for Easter. And I'm not being down with the bunny. Uh, You know, bunnies kind of represent new life because they propagate, as you've heard, like, you know, rabbits. You've heard that when people have a lot of children. Um, Not that we think they're rabbits, but anyone who has a large family, you'll hear them people say, oh, they're propagating like rabbits. Well, Bunnies are known for having lots of new life. And what could be celebrating new life more than Easter when Jesus came back from the dead, proving every promise he ever made is true. And if he says he can save you and forgive you of all the bad things you've ever done, his death and his resurrection proved it because he said he was going to die. He said he was going to rise again and he did. So if he can do that, if he can keep his promises and hold the keys to death and hell in his grave and triumph over the devil, triumph over our sin 
and love us with this unconditional love that says, my love for you is greater than what you've done. Put your faith and trust in me and I will save you. I will be in a relationship with you. And guys, let me tell you, there's a new song out called, well, maybe it's not new. It's new to me by Phil Wickham. And it's called, It's Always Been You. I believe that's the title. It Always Was You. It's either It's Always Was You or It's Always Been You. I think It Always Was You. I think that's right. Anyway, (laughs) Google Phil Wickham. I think this is, oh gosh, am I getting into a Jane Austen mode? Wait, it's Phil Wick, I think. Okay, I'm totally blowing this and I don't have my notes in front of me uh, because I'm recording on my phone outside a coffee shop. But the song, it's either It's Always Been You, It's Always Been You, or it, yeah, I think it's It's Always Been You by Phil Wick, I think. I think Wickham is a character from a movie that I'm going to see um, tomorrow night. <laughs> a bunch of the ladies in the neighborhood are going to come over and we're going to watch Pride and Prejudice. And I think the nasty Mr. Wickham is in that movie. So I think it's Phil Wick. But I digress. Yeah, you've come to know that about me. I digress. But the song talks about how much Jesus loves us with this just romantic fairy tale, better than a fairy tale love, because it's true. He really does have your back. He really will lay down his life for you which is the ultimate test for the gallant knight. I mean, we've been trying to recreate that story through Grimm's fairy tales, Hans Christian Andersen tales, through every movie plot of the gallant knight. Even in Hallmark movies, half the time you've got the romantic interest riding in on a horse because he's usually a prince of like some weird country that ends in an A. And he is telling... The one he loves, he's declaring his undying love for her. And where do you think we get that story from? If you want to know, go back to my very first episode. Scroll all the way down when you go to Spotify or whatever you listen to Serendipity Girl on. My very first episode deals with that. So anyway, great song. It's my new favorite. Talking about It's Always Been You. You let me in when I was at my worst. The moment that I heard you say my name. It was the first time in so long I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. And I just is the most beautiful love song. I cannot stop going on about this song. Okay, and I will put the link on the Facebook page. Yes, indeed. There is a Facebook group page called Serendipity Girl Podcast Lovers. Please go out there and join it. I approve everyone who wants to join as long as they're not like trolling and I don't think anybody will be trolling, but I will put the link for that song out there that you can go and listen to. And then you won't have to worry. Is it Phil Wick or Phil Wickham? I have no idea. She keeps changing her mind. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Anyway, um, there's a recipe I want to pass on, especially for those of you with kids or grandkids, or you just like baking. And you want to do something to celebrate the Easter holiday. These are flourless cookies. And yes, you can eat them. And yes, I'm sure they're delicious. But that's not why you're making them. These are cookies with a purpose. They're called resurrection cookies. And you can go over to, I believe it's called, just look up resurrection cookies. 
And I believe one of the websites that popped up first, I'll put that link out there in the Facebook page for the Serendipity Girl podcast lovers. But I believe it's your home-based mom. Or it's the blog by a girl named Amy on the idea page. But if you go to Resurrection Cookies and just Google that, you'll find the recipe. And I will put it in the Facebook group page. But they are cookies that you can read the scriptures about the events that led from Palm Sunday all the way through um, when Jesus met with his disciples for the Passover which he then instituted the Lord's Supper and revealed himself to be the true Passover lamb. But he's the lamb of God who comes to take away the sin of the world. He marries Passover with the new covenant in his blood. Not that we have to literally, you know, take communion to to experience God's forgiveness. I'm not sure where that idea came from. It's not biblical. Sorry, I don't mean to offend any of you that are in a particular denomination, but you don't have to take communion in order to get God to give you, well, here's a little more forgiveness for you. Come back uh, next week and I'll give you a little bit more forgiveness. Look at Colossians where it says, that he took our sin, all of our sin, and he nailed it to the cross. And he canceled out the entire debt. You don't have to play the, what is that game they play at Las Vegas or where you gamble? Slot machine? Where you 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 pull a lever and out dispenses a little bit. And then you do it again and again and again and again. And you get a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. But you never get the whole thing. You have to keep coming back and pulling that. Jesus is not a slot machine, y'all. You don't have to pull a lever and say, will you forgive me just for today? Dudes, he's already forgiven you. If you've put your faith in Jesus and you've accepted what he's done for you on the cross and that he's your savior as well as your Lord, he's the boss of everything, y'all. Everything. And your life too. He holds your life in his hands. You don't have to play slot machine Jesus with him. So these resurrection cookies... Go look at the recipe. They tell the Easter story because they're hollow on the inside. Totally cool. Just like the tomb is hollow on the inside. I don't have young children anymore. I have grown children. And we're waiting for the grands. But we want them to enjoy their season that they're in right now. We've got one single and one who's happily married and not quite ready to be parents. And that's groovy. That's okay. Apparently, I'm in a hippie mood today because everything is groovy. (laughs) So, well, let's get on with something I wanted to discuss with you guys. I was reading a verse this morning and it just hit me. God keeps bringing this passage to me over and over and over. And it was from Exodus chapter 14. Let me paint the scene for you. And you can go and read it in the Bible. Look up Exodus chapter 14. You can Google it or whatever platform you use or whatever search engine you use. I don't know what it is in other countries, but I know it's Google here in the States. And hello, all my European listeners. I hear you out there and I don't hear you. I don't hear that well, (laughs) but you're in Germany. You're in Ireland and uh, some other European countries, there's been some listeners kind of checking in and checking it out. So, guten Tag and um, top of the morning to you. So, that's the best I can do, guys. Sorry. But uh, I'm, I'm trying. <laughs> I know you guys don't 
walk around saying top of the morning. Do you really? Uh, let me know on the, uh, the Facebook page. Do, do you really walk around saying that top of the morning to you? <laughs> or is it just something that's in a movie? I'm just curious because we Americans keep like imitating Irish people and I'm an audio book narrator for Audible. Check me out sometime. Colleen Weaver, two L's, two E's, last name Weaver, like I'm weaving. Um, but I did an Irish accent. I have no idea if it was spot on or not. <laughs> no clue. I, I'm, I'm doing my best, but top of the morning to you. So I'm not sure if you guys really say that or not, but anyway. Let me paint the picture from Exodus 14. Because I'm wondering, do you ever find yourself in a situation, before I tell you the scripture, do you ever find yourself in a situation where you're like, I was making such progress. I was doing so well. And then all of a sudden it's like, two steps forward and one step back. Or maybe it feels like one step forward, seven steps back. And you find yourself going back through time almost. As if all the hard work you've put in is kind of like that that myth. Was it a Greek myth? There was a guy, very strong guy, that kept pushing a ball, a heavy, heavy, heavy ball, up a hill. I think it's a Greek myth. And I didn't research it, so you guys can tell me. Yeah, his name was blah, 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 all of you studious types. And because I don't know offhand. But he kept pushing this ball up the hill, and then he would get, oh so close to the top and he can feel the victory. Yes. It's like running a marathon and you get to the finish line and then all of a sudden whoop, he goes backwards. No, 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 no. It goes backwards and he has to start all over again. Do you ever feel like that? Does your life ever feel like that? I've been working on some stuff for like the last seven years with a particularly important relationship to me. It is a heartbreaking failure that I keep getting this relationship a little bit better, a little bit better, a little bit better, as much as it is up to me. And I feel like that person and I start to get so close. I've been working for like seven years, seven years in, in earnest. And in the past four months, in the past six months, actually, I saw signs six months ago. This relationship has just gone right back down the hill again. And I'm, I'm back at square one. I mean, I'm back at square one and everything that I worked so hard for is like, I have nothing to show for it. And it's devastating. It is devastating. Well, maybe that's not your thing. Maybe you don't have a broken relationship that you're trying to fix. And it just seems like there's just nothing you can do. You've tried everything you know to do. Uh, maybe you've prayed about it and you're like, Lord, what gives? How long? Like the psalmist said in Psalm 13, how long, oh Lord, uh, is this going to go on? I feel abandoned. I feel forsaken. I'm so devastated. I cry out to you in my distress. The Psalms are full of these lament Psalms where the psalmist is just like, I'm really at the end of my rope here. So I, I don't know what your situation might be. If you've ever been there, if you're there now, if you can remember being there. But God has brought you out into the sunshine and you're not experiencing it now. But you remember what it felt like. You, I don't know. But they say we're either going through something or we've just been through something or we're about to go through something. Why is that? Because I think there's just a lot God has to allow in our lives to shape us into the people he wants us to be, people who show love and joy and peace and patience. 
kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Who is going to dislike you if you're consistently showing those? Well, the person who did consistently show those was Jesus. So he's going to take us back right now through something that he showed me in Exodus. Let me paint the picture for you. The Israelites, Hebrews, Jews, whatever term you want to use. They came to Egypt when there was a huge famine. And God had sent Joseph in the book of Genesis. You can read all about it. First book of the Bible, Genesis. Joseph was sent on ahead through really, really painful circumstances. And God uses all of that. He even uses the evil that's done to Joseph to save much of the known world through a seven-year famine. So Joseph goes from being wrongfully accused, sold into slavery, trafficked, and then imprisoned for something he didn't do, and then forgotten and left to rot. But eventually he gets brought out. He helps Pharaoh understand that God's trying to tell him, hey, you're about to hit a seven-year famine. Start setting aside grain now. And Joseph becomes a rock star at the end of Genesis. And so then that Pharaoh dies and all the Israelites leave Israel. Um, it wasn't really called Israel, but they left where they were in Canaan and they were starving. So Joseph said, come on over here and settle. And they settled in Goshen, which is the Western part of Egypt. And they were shepherds and boy, did God bless them so much that the Egyptians were like, wait a minute, those Egyptians are, wait for it, propagating like rabbits. They were, and their flocks were propagating like rabbits and they were blessed. So blessed in every way, shape and form. And if you haven't noticed throughout history, this is a cyclical thing. God's chosen people, the Jews. Now he loves all of us equally. The cross proved that. And the big mystery is that Jesus didn't just die for the Jewish people. He died for all people. And they were like, what, what, wait, wait, wait a minute. Yo, no, mm-mm. covenants are for us. Yes. But the big mystery was that Jesus is the Lord and Savior of people of all nations, both Jews and Gentile. So once they wrapped their head around that, the Christian Jews who became what we call Messianic because they believed in the Messiah, like... Okay, groovy, cool. I Wow, I would have never seen that in a million years. So anyway, going back in time, they're in, is, they're in uh, Egypt. They're, the, the promised land doesn't even exist yet. I mean, it's there. It's Canaan. But the Canaanites are there. They're like, this is our country. Thank you very much. But the Israelites, all 70 of them, which was uh, Jacob, who became known as Israel. And he had a lot of sons. Uh, that was a story in itself. And... By now, they're huge. There's just so many of them that the Egyptians get scared. The Pharaoh gets scared. He gets uh, really paranoid. And they start making them into slaves. This goes on for 400 years. Now, talk about a long time wondering if God has forgotten you. 400 years. God has something to do with 400. There's 400 years between the end of the Old Testament and the beginning of the New Testament. I believe, yes, the silent years where God didn't say a thing other than what he'd already said in the Old Testament. But the Egyptians had enslaved the Israelites. You've probably heard the story that a man named Moses, a little baby, goes down the river to keep from being killed because now the Pharaoh was killing killing the, 
Jewish babies. Genocide is nothing new, y'all. World War II is nothing new. What's happening in Ukraine right now is nothing new. Um, There's a large contingency of Jewish people in Ukraine. They're not the only ones getting persecuted by Russia, but there is a large contingency. Their president, Zelensky, is Jewish. So keep them all in your prayers because it is not stopped. There's concentration camps there. So history keeps repeating itself. So God blesses the Jews, the, uh, well, the Hebrews, what we will eventually call the Israelites once they get their own country. And the Pharaoh's trying to put them out. And they're, they're making life just hell for them. And God delivers them through Moses and through a series of miracles. And Pharaoh is forced to bend his will to the real God. As God goes into this power play struggle with Pharaoh to show him, listen, you're not God. I am. You want to get with the program? And Pharaoh's like, no, I do not. And so finally they're... They leave and Pharaoh lets them go. But then he's like, wait a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. What have I done? So he gets hard hearted again and he hardened his heart first, by the way. God used it and then he hardened his heart further, but Pharaoh hardened his heart first. Okay. Um, We're not robots. God doesn't make us do evil things. We do that on our own. Thank you very much because of this thing called a sin nature. So Exodus 14, the Jews are about to that they're on their way to the promised land, which is Canaan. It's going to become Israel. And all of a sudden, God does an interesting thing. Here we go. God tells them, tells Moses, have them turn back. Whoa, wait a minute. Why are they going backwards? They're going back. They've already come a fair distance with elderly people, lots of animals, babies. It's, It's quite a show. And God tells them to turn back. And camp at a place where when Pharaoh's scouts see them camping there, God says in Exodus, Pharaoh is going to think, aha, they're stuck. They're stuck. They can't figure out how to get around the Red Sea. God set this up, y'all. A good God who does good things. And that is a scripture verse. The Lord is good and what he does is good. But what's good about turning them backwards and making them look vulnerable to Pharaoh who seizes upon it like God says he's going to. And Pharaoh comes down. He's like, okay, I'm not letting you guys away. You are too good of slaves. No. And he goes down to pursue them. So let's pick up in Exodus 14 verses 13 and 14. They see Pharaoh coming and it. And, and God says in verse 10, they were terrified. They are between the devil and the deep Red Sea. Okay. I don't know why we call it blue. It was the Red Sea. The, between the devil and the deep Red Sea. And they're terrified. And they are crying out to the Lord. And Moses being the leader that God made him to be, says, do not be afraid. Exodus 14, verses 13 and 14. Do not be afraid. And they were, because they saw no way out. There was no way out. They were hemmed in by the natural geography, the mountains or whatever was there. They had Pharaoh's armies, I think, coming on both sides, coming around. They were surrounded. There's a book that touches on this, and the application's called Red Sea Rules. It's really good. So 
Moses says, do not be afraid. Stand firm. And you will, not maybe, not might, you will see the deliverance. The Lord, and that word there means Yahweh, which means Jehovah, which is God's covenant-keeping name. That's an important name, y'all. Everything he is is tied up in that name. Okay? The Lord, Yahweh, Jehovah, will bring you this deliverance today. Today. The Lord, Yahweh, will fight for you. You need only to be still. Now in Psalm 46:10, he says be still and know that I am God. And that Hebrew word can be translated both as be still or cease striving. Are you striving right now? Are you striving? against a situation that seems like it will not be resolved. And the more you try, the worse it gets. It's like quicksand. The more you struggle, the more you sink. I'm going through that right now. Let me tell you, this is probably the most painful chapter I'm going through right now. I thought when I went through salvation doubts for seven years, yeah, I know. I was in my twenties. Long story, don't have time for it. But I was eventually in a church with a very small church with two other ladies. I mean, I think we had like 25 people in this church. It was a church plant. Three of the ladies, three of the ladies were all going through salvation doubts or had gone through salvation doubts. So anyway, that verse, I'm going through something more tough than that. I didn't know it could get worse than that. I don't know. Maybe it's right up there with it. You know, I've since then come to know how much. Jesus loves and has saved me based on his performance. And that's why it's not based on what I do. So I couldn't do anything to earn it. I can't do anything to lose it. And somebody out there needs to hear this. I am convinced there's a lot of people out there that are suffering silently because they're like, did Jesus really save me? Do I still have to like, you know, he paid the bill, but do I need to pay the tip with good performance? If you couldn't earn salvation with your works, what makes you think you can earn it as a tip for Jesus? Can you add to the cross? No, it's it's not what you do. It's what Jesus Christ has done. So somebody needs to hear that. So then Moses says something interesting. He tells him to be still, which means cease striving. And that has to do more within your heart and in your mind. Cease striving, turning the problem over and over and over, trying to figure out how do I solve this? How do I solve this? How do I solve this? But then he says, why are you crying out to the Lord? Why are you still standing there crying, guys? Move on. And what he's saying is, go and take that first step towards the Red Sea. Now, keep in mind, they're, they're going to be approaching the Red Sea, and it's not parted yet. You have to take a step. It's called a leap of faith. You've got to take a step, a leap of faith. And it's not going to open up for you until you take that leap. If it did open up, if you could see the way clear, if you could see how it was going to happen, that's not walking by faith, y'all. That's walking by sight. And God wants us to trust him blindly. Absolutely. Because if you can see it, it ain't faith. So here's what my takeaway is on this. And I hope that this blesses you guys. And if, if it blesses just one person besides me, that's awesome. If I'm the only one and when I'm older and 
sitting listening to my old serendipity girl podcast and i'm like oh did i say that oh wow the lord showed me some good truth that day oh um well i hope i never sound like that but if nobody else gets anything out of this i'm learning to turn the numbers over to god but my heart as an exhorter is to help you guys see the positive in life to see the good in life to see the good god who is behind the good in life and I'm a Jesus girl. I ain't gonna lie. I ain't ashamed. If he can die for me, I can live for him. It's a whole lot harder than you imagine sometimes. But if he can take the cross and the shame and all that. So here's what I learned. Do you know that the Israelites or the Hebrews, because they didn't have their own country yet. They were totally in God's will when all of this horrible stuff went down. You realize God told them to turn back around and go the other way back towards Egypt. It's like you're going the wrong way. (laughs) You know, he told them to do that on purpose. And I'm sure they were like, why is Moses leading us backwards? We just came this way. Why are we going backwards? We're supposed to be going that way. Well, sometimes God will take you back. And I think it's because there's something back there you need to learn that you haven't learned yet. That's just my theory. But they were in God's will. You can be doing God's will and all hell can still break loose. Also, God is still totally in control. God was working Pharaoh over. He had a plan that was way above. And he he didn't explain it to Moses. He didn't explain it to the the Hebrews. He's not going to always tell you what he's doing. But he will tell you his heart. So when you can't understand what he's doing, look at his heart. He died for you. Can you trust a guy who died for you, a God who was willing to leave heaven and be ridiculed and taunted and jeered and jabbed in the, in the side with a spear, tortured within an inch of his life, and then forced to carry a heavy, uh, heavy, heavy, heavy cross up a hill and then be nailed on it and have people make fun of him and gamble at his feet for his clothes and jeer and mock and say, hey, <laughs> and they're standing there drinking beer. I don't know what they're drinking, whatever they drink over there. Um, maybe it wasn't beer. Maybe it was heavy wine. I don't know. Um, they're staring on, hey, and it wasn't just Jewish people standing there. It was the Romans too, because they were ruling and I'm um, sure there were Romans there as well. And I know there was, there was a centurion who later put his faith in Christ because he's like, surely this was the son of God. I mean, he came to faith right at the foot of the cross, literally. So, let me get back to my points. God can be totally, he's totally in control of this whole thing. This whole situation, he's in control. And he's got a glorious purpose for it. He has a glorious purpose in your life for allowing trials. Trust him. Cease striving. Be still. Be still and know that he is God. Not you. Not me. He's God. He's Lord. Trust in Him and not your efforts to try and fix this trial. Don't try to fix this trial. Do Ask the Lord what He wants you to do. Yes. I've wasted so much time trying to fix something that is not mine to fix. This wasn't their thing to fix. God was the one that was going to bring the deliverance. That's why it says, The Lord, you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. But they had their part. They had to trust God with all their heart. And they had to trust him to fight for them. Be still by not worrying about it and stressing and striving. And then they needed to move on. 
So just remember this Easter week, Jesus started off a rock star on Palm Sunday. They're waving the palms. They're like, yeah, you are the Messiah who's going to come and kick Rome's butt. And he's going to be a kick butt king. And he is going to deliver us. Well, they were right about one thing. He was coming to deliver them, but not in the way they thought. They wanted the conquering king. He was, as our pastor was saying, the suffering servant. Isaiah 53. Do not ignore that chapter, guys. If you've been told that that's about the nation of Israel, it is not. It is about Jesus, Yeshua. Isaiah 53. The suffering servant. But he's coming back as the conquering king. And we want to be ready for him. So, y'all... It's Easter week, and I don't know what's going on in your life, but if it's Friday, like it was for Jesus when he was hanging on a cross, dying for our sins, hang on, because Friday, it's Friday, but Sunday is on the way. And thank you so much for listening to Serendipity Girl. Drop in on my Facebook group page. Uh, Leave some comments. Uh, If you want to share with some level of appropriate detail, you don't have to share everything, just something that you're either going through that you want prayer for, I'll pray for you or, and others will pray for you or share something that you've been through and how God delivered you. And let's encourage one another and have a wonderful, wonderful day.